This week's podcast is proudly brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. For 85 years, DU has worked to restore, enhance, and protect wetlands to the benefit of wildlife and people. It's a daunting challenge and one our supporters take very seriously because to them, nothing is more important than the outdoors we all cherish. And it all starts in our local chapter events. To find an event near you or to join our volunteer team, go to www.ducks.org. DU, a proud sponsor of the Lone Star Outdoors show and sportsmen everywhere. Howdy, everybody. This week's podcast also brought to you by Spartan Forge. Born and more, Spartan Forge was conceived while targeting terrorists. Think about that. Targeting bad guys during deployments in support of the global war on terror. We can also use this technology because of its similarities to track mature bucks. Now it's time to get this analysis into your hands. It's military-based intelligence, next-generation mapping. I absolutely love it. And I love the people behind Spartan Forge. They're like me. Second Amendment till the day we die. No exceptions. America first. Spartan Forge. Check it out by downloading the app today. Every noodle truth about me, baby, going away in hell you stay. But if I held you in, would you take it to the grave? Cause the secret ain't no secret if you give it all away. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Cable Smith, welcome everybody into episode 636 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Thank you so much for being here today. It is a pleasure, a treat, an honor to be talking all things hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you fine folks. So do appreciate you dropping by. I'm not going to lie. I have not done any hunting or fishing in the past week, but I was able to uh, head out to the new deer lease in Benjamin, Texas, and get a couple feeders put out. And while I was in Mexico for Aaron's 40th birthday celebration, that's right, mama turned the big 4-0, um, I did get my first pictures of bucks showing up at the new feeder site. So new property is always exciting. And it's like, well, it was like Christmas in July, getting those pictures of the first bucks to show up at a new site. There were some does within a couple days, but it took, uh, took about six days for these two bucks to finally feel comfortable enough to hop over the the cattle panels and uh, take their seat at the All Seasons Feeders Buffet. So cool stuff on that front. Um, Mexico was beautiful. We went to the Cancun area. And uh, Aaron and I don't get away like on those couples trips that often. We, we obviously went for our honeymoon and then we did one for our 10-year anniversary and now this one for her 40th birthday. Of course, no kids. That's uh, pivotal, right? <laughs> We're trying to get away. And so we went to a secrets there. It was oh, it was so cool. I ate more octopus raw and cooked um, than I think I ever eaten in my life. And I love octopus. Uh, tons of tuna tartare, great seafood. And the, oh, the beach was just beautiful. Didn't do any fishing because we learned on that 10-year anniversary trip that Erin gets seasick, and while she was fighting this, Barracuda was puking over the side of the rail, <laughs> so 
Uh, we skipped on the uh, on the fishing. Did do a a kayaking uh, sunrise trip. Watched the sun come up over the Gulf of Mexico, which was uh, beautiful to say the least. So, oh, and then there was um, there was another animal there that we're going to talk about later on during the show with our guest, which I think y'all will find interesting. One that I'd never seen before, but is um, certainly prevalent in that area of Mexico. Also live in the southwestern United States. Um, one other cool thing, someone as someone who has done some falconry, is I mean, I've gone with people with peregrine falcons and we've gone duck hunting. Uh, they had a full-time guy there that was employed by the hotel. He had a Harris Hawk and a uh, German wire hair pointer and the Harris Hawk was there to keep the birds off of the cabanas and bars so they wouldn't pester the uh, guests. And then the dog was there to control the rodent population. So that was pretty cool to see a bird of prey and a, a hunting dog doing um, what comes naturally to them with their predatory instincts and being employed essentially by the resort. Anyway, what is on the docket for today? Let me tell you, you know what to do. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of that Black Rifle coffee out of Granddaddy's beat-up bold Stanley Thermos because we're ready to rock and roll. And today, we'll kick things off uh, with some disturbing audio coming out of the state of Delaware. The ATF overstepping their boundaries on just your regular average Joe citizen. Yeah, I'm going to play that audio for you in just a second and uh, give you my thoughts on on that slippery slope. Then we'll spend the rest of the program uh, visiting with our good friend Jeremiah Dowdy, wild game chef, big game hunter. You might know his uh, page from field to plate. Unfortunately, he still lives in California. He hates it. <laughs> uh, but they have a new gun law designed to um, essentially attack the firearm industry. And subsequently the hunting community. It's insane um, what they've passed under the cover of darkness, and who, who's surprised about that, but uh, Jeremiah will shed some insight onto in, into this new law and how that will affect him and potentially his business going forward. Um, and after that, we're going to talk some pronghorn uh, antelope hunting recipes, um, spring turkey recipes as well, and uh, then he does some very interesting classes. He's, Jeremiah spends a lot of time in Texas, and he has uh, some butchering classes. Well, actually, first you go out and hunt white-tailed deer. Then you come back, and he shows you how to completely break down the animal, uh, then then prepare it. So truly the definition of a from-field-to-plate experience. So that's what's on the docket for today. The, uh, the California portion, yeah. You might really enjoy it. You might hate it. It, uh, you know, sometimes we get a little political on the show. I won't apologize for it. Um, if it offends you, I don't care. Uh, we are in a social civil war, and it is you and I's rights as gun owners and as hunters who are under attack. And uh, I'm going to stand up and fight it tooth and nail. And that's just how it's going to go. I'm excited about it, and uh, I think you will enjoy it as well. Let's do a quick giveaway. Uh, how about a pair of earmuffs from our friends over at Walkers? These are noise canceling. They have Bluetooth capability. These are the Fire Max, and they retail for over $100. Um, and uh, I love them. The kids love them. And if you're not shooting suppressed, 
you got to protect your hearing. I've noticed, you know, when I was young and dumb, I didn't do that. I shot ARs even sometimes without hearing protection. Looking back on it, I can't believe that I did that. But uh, no one really told me not to. I just would walk away sometimes with my ears ringing. Those days are long gone, but there is residual, you know, hearing loss. I can be sitting there with my buddy Chisholm in the Elk Woods, and he's like, did you hear that bugle? And I'm like, hear what bugle? And he's like, come on, dude. So protect it or lose it, and we're going to give away these FireMax muffs from Walkers to one of you guys or gals. And to enter, just email protect it or lose it. That's protect it or lose it to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. Coming up next, we'll head to Delaware. I can't say that we've ever talked about Delaware on the show, but uh, they are uh, trying to trample your rights right there with the ATF coming to your door. We'll discuss on SCS Lone Star Outdoor Show. The original Texas hunting show is back. For 46 years, the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza has been the official kickoff to Texas hunting seasons. Visit the world's top outfitters and guides. Get ready for the field with the latest hunting gear, rifles, clothes, and accessories. The granddaddy of them all is back August 5 through 7 in Houston. And this year only August 12 through 14 in Dallas at the K. Bailey Hutchison. And August 19 through 21 in San Antonio. Get the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza on your calendar. More info at ttha.com. Hey guys, Cable here, and last year was a wild year for censorship. It's only continuing in 2022 uh, for us hunters and anglers. So I've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women, by hunters and anglers just like you. It's a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged. Imagine that. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so many more. Oh, and if you create a free account, you get 10 bucks to the store just for trying it out. Visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started, and I'll see you over there. Left a beer bottle. Rattle on my pistol On the seat of my Chevy pickup truck And I'm taking these gravel roads As fast as my truck go I'm running like a scared white tailbug Becky's Bible, one of my favorites there from the great Chris Knight bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show our very own Chris Knight one of the most interesting hunting techniques I've heard of, by the way, came from Chris, is he has turkey dogs. Turkey dogs. The dogs flush up the turkeys and he shoots them out of the out of the air. <laughs> uh, legal in Kentucky. I don't know if we can do that in Texas. I think I'd rather shoot pheasant and quail over bird dogs and call the turkeys in myself, but certainly interesting and uh, just another way to do it. Um, this segment of the show, Proudly brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee, America's Coffee Company, and All Seasons Feeders and Blinds. Um, okay, let's go ahead and get into the meat of the segment. 
and I came across this. Someone sent me a link to it on social media, and I went and watched it. Pretty damning. Um, if you don't know what a straw purchase is when it comes to firearms, the ATF defines a straw purchase as buying a gun for someone who is prohibited by law from possessing one or for someone who does not want his or her name associated with the transaction. That is defined as a straw purchase, i.e. you could be buying a gun for a felon. I get it. That's not a good thing. But this clip came out of Delaware this week, and the ATF showed up at this guy's front door. This is all picked up on a ring camera, and I'm going to play the audio for you, and then we'll, uh, well, I'll give you my take, and uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts via email. If you want to share, just email to uh, LoneStarOutdoorShow at gmail.com. I might read one of them on the air next week. Maybe a couple. Depends. But um, we'd all agree that buying guns for a felon is a bad thing, right? Uh, with that in mind, how does the ATF know and what triggered them to come to this guy's house? Let's take a listen to the audio. This is the ATF agent talking to the guy at his front door. All I'm, all I'm doing is verifying that, look, verifying that you have it. You got two different purchases. Mm-hmm. If you have them, I'm out of here. That's how quick it is. Yeah. Do you have them with you by any chance? Are they, if, you can, if you can unload them and bring them out, or you can go out to your foyer here, check them out, like number, share number, and we're out of here. Like this? Yep. That's it. It'll take five seconds. The reason we're out here is we're obviously gun and violence. It's been an uptick, so we want to make sure we've been having a lot of issues with straw purchases. So one of the, one of the things we indicators that we get is somebody makes it a large gun purchase. And then a lot of times we've been there like, oh, those guns got took in. We're like, so the idea is when you purchase more than two guns at a time, it generates a, a multiple self report. And it comes to us and we have to check them out. That's all that is. He did nothing wrong. Did absolutely zero. So just breaking that down, at the very end there, he's like, you you did nothing wrong. You've, you've done nothing wrong. Well, then if he didn't do anything wrong, why are you harassing him on his doorstep, ATF agent? Um, there were other people who commented on the uh, Instagram post and said, and my friend, uh, Texas killer, Anthony Amantine, even said that, he had heard that this guy had purchased 11 guns and they thought that, you know, he was indeed redistributing them to the black market or people, you know, felons, whoever. So whether or not the ATF was being upfront there saying you did nothing wrong or if they really were investigating a bigger problem, I don't know. But the fact that the ATF showed up on his doorstep with a piece of paper the guy's looking at saying, you purchased two guns, we want to see them. Wow. Have you ever purchased two guns at one time? I certainly have. Does that give the ATF grounds to come to my house without a warrant, which they did not produce a warrant, by the way? Um, no, it sure as hell doesn't. That is unconstitutional. It's a violation of his Second Amendment right. And if they didn't have a warrant and he said, no, you may not search my property, and they did it anyway, then that would be a violation of his Fourth Amendment right. So what does all this mean? Uh, I believe that we will start seeing a lot more of this, uh, regardless of whether this guy really was making straw purchases or not. Uh, I think that the ATF will use it as an excuse to knock on people's doors 
to, here's what I believe, to verify what guns you have and compile a national database, a gun registry. Uh, that's what I believe they're doing. And I don't think it's going to stop. I think we're going to see more of it. And we will continue to monitor the situation as uh, more of these cases appear. Because I don't, I don't think with this administration that it's going to go the other way. Uh, so, And if we do hear more, maybe this, maybe this guy was a criminal. I, I don't know. It hasn't, that hasn't been released. But if we do, I'll report on that as well. So in conclusion, uh, like I said at the beginning of the segment, if you have a, a hot take on that situation, which I imagine many of you do, Email me your thoughts to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com uh, because I'd love to hear from you and uh, possibly share your thoughts on an upcoming show. That segment of the presentation brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy and John X Safaris. The date is booked May 2023. We're going back. Safari number six with John X. If you want to be a part of it, still got a few spots. I think three left. Bring your wife, bring your girlfriend. Please don't bring them both at the same time. Uh, bring your brother, bring your dad, bring your buddy. Come on, let's go. It's the trip of a lifetime. It is May 2023. If you want details on that trip, again, the email, LoneStarOutdoorShow at gmail.com. Up next, a good friend, Jeremiah Dowdy of From Field to Plate, joins us from California on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. If I'm not acting like myself I'm Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, a full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Let's face it, guys. We all would love to own land, right? But they're not making any more of it. However, there's a solution. Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers finance their own piece of paradise for over 100 years. Whether you want it for recreating, ranching, fishing, hunting, or just to get the hell out of Dodge for the weekend. Visit Lone Star Ag Credit today to start making that dream a reality. I spent last night in the arms of a girl in Louisiana. I'm out on the highway, my thoughts are still with her. Such a strange combination of a woman and a child. Strange situation, stopping every hundred miles, calling Baton Rouge. Cable Smith, welcoming everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. We're all set to check in with our old buddy Jeremiah Dowdy of From Field to Plate. First, though, this segment brought to you by NUMA Outdoors and the Pathfinder Pant. Absolutely love it. Here's why. Stretchy, comfortable fabric and available solid colors like uh, khaki. It's my favorite. Uh, so whether you're out filling feeders, whether you're hunting, or uh, headed to get a few drinks with your buddy, it literally suits all occasions. But I really like the durability 
and breathability of this pant. And here's the thing. You can't mess it up. If you do, NUMA, they guarantee it for life. So you'll get a brand new pair or a refund. Uh, nobody does that when it comes to outdoor apparel. You can find the Pathfinder in their entire lineup of outdoor gear at NUMAoutdoors.com. Oh, and save 20% with that promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out. Uh, let's bring him on right now, making his return to the program, joining us from somewhere in smoggy California. It's my pleasure to welcome Jeremiah Doughty back to the show. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for uh, having me back on. It is my pleasure. My pleasure. Has California started to transgender your daughters yet? Uh, they're trying, trying hard. <laughs> we just got all the new things saying like possible mask mandates back for school starting in September. And we're like, what is going on? Like we put them in all these, you know, summer camps We put them in all this other stuff, but it's like, Oh, when you come back to school. So now people are getting back on that crazy bandwagon. So who knows? It's like they just won't let it end. How long can we beat this dead horse? Well, yeah. And it's funny because all the kids are getting sick during the summer, right? Cause they're so they get it for two days and they're good. We're like, well, then that gives them six months of immunity. So right. By the time school starts, it, I don't know. And all the teachers are like, we don't want it in our classrooms. So we'll see. At least we're in Orange County, which is we're not as far back. Like, so you've got we're we're surrounded by LA County and San Diego County, who are like, LA went back to mass mandates yesterday for indoor events and indoor like shopping and stuff like that. Um, and Orange County was like, enjoy yourself, have a good time. So we're mm-hmm. hoping that Orange County would be like, nah, screw it. So I, that we just wouldn't. I mean, if our governor tried to do that again, it, it would not go well in Texas. He wouldn't do it. I mean, it would be political suicide. Uh, well, yeah, but we have freaking Newsom who doesn't care about anything but himself and politics. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, again, that's why you and I are talking because we he just signs bills to make himself look good. And it's all and it and it all surrounds about him getting reelected and re-put in and he has so many people in his pocket. And he just ran some ads in Florida saying, "Hey, if you want if you're tired of Florida trying to take your rights away, move to California." Did he really? Yeah, dude. He paid for ads to run in Florida. Uh, And the irony was him talking about come to California for the freedom. What? We we have. Well, this is the this is the first time we've ever lost seats because of the amount of people that we've had in California. So many people have left California that we actually got seats taken away. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's like we're sitting there going, "How? Okay, look at this." My buddy. most of the kids I grew up with, most of the, most of the guys I grew up with there, they all left the state this last two years during COVID. And one of them moved to Michigan mm-hmm. and he tried to get a U-Haul, which is crazy, right? U-Haul tried to charge him $10,000 because they don't have any U-Hauls coming back into California. <laughs> so all the U-Hauls are leaving California. So he ended up buying a $49 plane ticket on Southwest, flew to Phoenix, Arizona, which is six hours away got a U-Haul, drove it back to his house, loaded everything up to drive to Michigan because it, it it still saved him like $9,000. All that wow. with gas and extra only cost him an extra $1,000. And he's like, screw it. And I'm like, you really going back and forth. And then so his little brother found that out, called U-Haul and said, hey, I'll drive the U-Haul back from Michigan to California if you pay me. Blah, blah. They paid him to drive the U-Haul from Michigan back to California where his brother still lives down here. Mm-hmm. And his brother got like, I think like three grand from U-Haul to drive it back down to California because so many people are leaving. That's incredible. Incredible. Yeah. I, I did know that y'all had a negative population trend for the first time in 
probably since the gold rush when people started going to California. I mean, it's oh, yeah. only grown and more people left now than, than moved in. Well, the, and the reason people are leaving too is the fact that houses are so ridiculously expensive. Mm-hmm. Like a townhome, because I mean, I live in townhomes. A townhome right next to me, when I bought my townhomes, I bought them at $200,000, right? For a townhome. The one next to me just sold for $700,000 for yeah. a freaking two bedroom, two bath townhome with a two car garage. And so they bought, you know, they can sell a $700,000 townhome, turn around and go to Texas, go to Florida, go to anywhere else in the country besides the West Coast and buy a six bedroom, six bath on 20 acres, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's California is certainly driving our, our housing market through the roof. Uh, like our house is worth more now than it was when we bought it by a significant amount. Um, but we got new neighbors from Chicago. They moved here because they didn't want to raise their boys in that kind of environment. And, you know, it's crazy. I, of course, I was joking about them, California, trying to transgender your kids, but it's that's the reality. And it's the sad reality that we even have these conversations. When you and I were kids, who would have thought we'd have been talking about this insanity? No, we'd be talking about what's going to be on Friday night TV show that our parents were letting us stay up till nine TGIF, o'clock. TGIF, baby. Yeah, Get some Domino's pizza ordered. Uh, that was the night my parents like would go out on a date. They'd be like, okay, y'all watch, uh, what was it, Step by Step and uh, Family full, Matters. And- Family Matters, Full House, Step by Step. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's the same for us. Or it was like Friday night, we'd go to Blockbuster for an hour mm-hmm. and look for look for movies that we were going to watch for the next three days. Or rent the a video game. Oh, yeah. But the video games we rented didn't rot our brains out uh, like what they're the, the smut that they sell kids today. And we'll talk more about that because I think there's something... To, to that um so you did talk well real, real quick you did talk about transgender they tried to give our kids a survey i don't know if i told you this in class mm-hmm. did i talk to you about this already you told me but so, we haven't mentioned yeah, so it show, so, so the last uh the last week of class they, they gave our kids in junior high and elementary school surveys like take this and tell us about yourself you know like mm-hmm. what's your favorite color and then also they're like do you identify it as another gender from what you normally are do you find girls or boys more attractive? Do you, this is what How they're old are your daughters? Eight and twelve. Why should they ever be subjected to those questions? They shouldn't. Ever. It's, it's a force, and there's so many people got angry. Like I told my kids, I'm like, don't because when I started hearing other parents talk about, I'm like, don't fill it out. Mm-hmm. My kids looked at it like, no, thank you. They're like, oh, you, they're like, no, thank you. And it's but you're you're having you're exposing these kids to this thought process of mm-hmm. hey, you're 12 years old. You're starting puberty. Do you find, of course, my daughter's going to hang out with girls more than boys because she's embarrassed by boys and she's embarrassed about her growing body. Mm-hmm. And she's in, so it's com- more comfortable to hang out with her best friend that she's been since kindergarten. And so now all of a sudden you're like, well, since you like to hang out with girls more, then you're a lesbian. And if you, or maybe you're a boy, or maybe you're a boy because you like girls. And so, and it's, it's just insane that there's this thought process that goes into, a school board in California saying this is okay to hand your kid and not even, you know, send it to the parents, whatever. I don't really care. I'll just throw it away, but they're giving it to our kids without our knowledge and having our kids fill this crap out. And I don't think California views them as your kids, dude. That's Oh no. They view them as voters. Yeah. They're their kids to indoctrinate how they see fit. And there, I mean that I think everything that's bad. And obviously this doesn't have anything to do with, with hunting, but, um, but you can connect the dots. 99% of anti-hunting legislation came from the same school of thought as this kind of BS. And 
it starts on the west and east coasts and it just kind of bleeds into middle america slowly 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 but it gets here and we see it in texas you know um and i and i want to say this because i think it's important they don't parents don't realize that their school boards have been taken over by liberals that's the problem 100 percent. and no one knows because you, you live in a place where you you don't think these things could, could ever happen and then you wake up and it's like wait a second 80% of us disagree with you. 90% of us disagree with you, but, but, they, but, but they control the whole school board. So it's their indoctrination. It's their agenda that they're pushing on you. And, you, and it's happening before you even realize that the, you know. So my message would be, get involved with your local school board. I'm starting to take notice of that and um, going to start going to the meetings for sure. Yeah, and it's even for the fact of, you know, they, they took religion out of schools, right? We're not allowed to, our kids can't take Bibles to school. They can't pray at school. Like my daughter prays at lunch. And I remember one of the teachers one time was like, Hey, you know, keep that to yourself. But in junior high, they were in their, um, their English studies class that one of their teachers was doing. They brought in a Buddhist monk to talk to the kids about Buddhism and meditation. Yeah. It's religion though. My daughter comes home. She tells me about it. And I went, what happened to no religion in school? Well, Christianity is bad. But they literally, so I went to the teacher said, okay, I want to go in. I'm an ordained pastor. I want to go in and talk to the kids about Christianity and faith. They're like, mm, we can't do that. And I was like, you just did a Buddhist monk. Like I'm the same. Come and they're on, like, dude. And it wasn't the teacher's fault. It was what she was taught to do and what she was told to do and what she was. But yeah, they can, they can have a Buddhist monk go in and talk to our kids about Buddhism, but they can't have me, a white male with a beard, go in and talk about Christianity. Well, it's because you're the most toxic uh, specimen of the human race these days. So, uh, unless, uh, unless I identified as a woman, then I would be voted in. Celebrate. For, they might even yeah. nominate you for uh, NCAA woman of, woman of the Year. Come on. My comment was pretty, was <laughs> yeah, pretty was good. Awesome. <laughs> for anyone that's not aware, the, the, the transgender swimmer at Penn University. Uh, Leah Thomas, who sucked so bad at swimming with real men that she had to go kick all the women's ass in the pool. Uh, she's been nominated. Well, it's a he because it has a penis. It's not a woman. Uh, but it's been nominated for Woman of the Year. What a slap in the face to feminism, dude. <laughs> like, And if, you know that they told her teammates, his teammates, that they couldn't publicly comment because they weren't happy about it. And this guy with a wiener was showering in the same locker room with them. They were told they couldn't speak out about how that makes them uncomfortable. None of the women that, that he was competing against were okay with it. None of them. Well, just look at that picture where they're all standing on one side and he's over. By, that's just, mm. that's just what it means. And, and even for the fact, like, I mean, I have daughters, you have daughters. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine in junior high, if all of a sudden there was a boy going into shower and change before PE with my daughter, I would be I'd lose my F in mind. Yeah. And Biden's trying to push that. Like legally right now, this week, he is trying to protect the rights of the gross minority of kids that they've indoctrinated that want to be, you know, I'm, I'm a girl now and I'm going to shower with the girls, even though I'm a wiener. He's trying to put their, uh, their safe space above the safe space of, of, in the sanctity of a bathroom for adolescent girls. It's absurd. And no offense. I've been an adolescent boy. And I don't care what you identify as your, your mind is still driven by one thing only. Mm. And that's it. And 
even if it is a different gender, you still, but those girls are going through that same awkward period that that boy is or that whatever they want to be called. They, them, it, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know, it's just, it's, it's scary. And it's, it's one of those things that as a parent, you look at going, man, how, how did we get here? Mm-hmm. Especially in California, because they're like, just do whatever to make a kid happy. I have a nine-year-old son too. And yeah. guess what? Henry doesn't shower with his sisters and their family. My sister or my 12-year-old and eight-year-old don't shower together. Yeah. There are different it's, stages. Uh, there are different, you know, it's like, it's not, it's not when they're two years old and in the bath anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <sighs> it's insanity. Um, when are you moving to Texas? You spend enough time hunting and, and stuff here already. Dude, you're, you're, it's, it's my wife that I'm waiting mm-hmm. on. Um, no, we're actually, I was looking at tons of property in Texas, Tennessee, Kentucky, and my dad's retiring. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to buy the property, have him live on there, start to develop what I want to develop. And then when, when my wife retires in a couple of years, I'm out. Um, cause her retirement is just, she works for government. So if you leave, you lose, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, all right. Well, so that's why you guys are stuck there for the uh, immediate future anyway. Just a couple of years is what it looks like. So cool. Cool. How many, how many times a year do you come to Texas at least once or twice? Oh, but I think last year was eight. Really? Yeah. I've yeah. already got, I think I already have like five planned for this fall. Mm. So, um, We'll talk more about that, but I do want to talk about, you sent me this thing, uh, this link to this new bill in California and it's assembly bill two, five, seven, one, and it's a gun control bill. Uh, it's the advertising firearms to minors bill. I, I read it, but if you want to break it down for us, um, I don't know how much you, you, you looked into it, but, um, oh, I, I dove into it crazy because it impacts me directly, even though they say it doesn't impact me directly. Mm-hmm. Um, so this bill, pretty much what it's saying is that we in the state of California, you're not allowed to market or share pictures or content of any kind that has kids involved, or that could lead to kids getting involved in firearms or firearm safety. Mm-hmm. And if you read the actual things, it talks about even clothing, hats, gear. So if my daughters are wearing a Remington t-shirt or a Mossberg t-shirt, cause they're one mm-hmm. of my sponsors, legally I could get fined $25,000 because they're one of my sponsors. Therefore I work for a company mm-hmm. who is involved directly with a firearm law. Now this is also, if you read the bill towards the end, it also says also includes ammo. So think about all the different ammo companies, gun companies, Moss, you know, Mossy Oak, they have different firearms that they have backed and different, you know, their camel patterns are on stuff. So all that falls into this law that was signed in. And if you look at who signed it, it was, it was literally signed in as an emergency act by six Democrats who said, this is what we have to do. And then Newsom signed it. And it's actually went into effect July 1st. And it's crazy because for me, I'm like, okay, this really impacts me because I can't post pictures of my own kids on social media. I can't talk about this to kids. I can't. And then I started talking to a lot of my buddies who are part of Department of Fish and Wildlife. Um, who are part of the DNR, who are part of NWTF who work in California, who are Ducks Unlimited who work in California, California waterfowlers, you name it, you know, um, the organizations that are here that you guys all have in Texas. A lot of our stuff is geared towards families, is geared towards kids. And so I got a message 
from one of my buddies who is one of the co-guys in NWTF for Southern California. And he wrote that he was actually contacted by National Wild Turkey Federation, said he, until further notice, he is not allowed to have any Jake's events in the state of California or attend any shooting events. Like we have, we have a place down here called Rahagi's. Mm-hmm. And every year we do a, um, what's called like a youth day where we bring kids in. We teach them about firearm safety, about dog handling. We, uh, there's like 30 different dogs there. Um, kids can fish for free, shoot for free. They can, it's all, and it's all done by volunteers and it's ridiculous. It's, it's absolutely amazing. But we're not, he's not even allowed to be a part of that. He's not allowed to go to that just by working with NWTF. Oh, wow. And they're not even allowed to post pictures. So then I talked to a buddy who does all the youth programs in the state of California for Department of Fish and Wildlife. And they're fighting the bill. I talked to him last night because I knew I was going to be on here with you. And they're fighting the bill. And he said they're trying to, he's trying to get, it says, um, we're trying to get an exemption for hunting coming that's supposed to be included in the next write-up. So currently right now, hunting is included in that. We're not allowed to have any youth events. We're not allowed to share any youth events. We're not allowed to even share an event that youth could go to, or you can be penalized up to $25,000 per instance. Infraction. Yeah. 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 So, so let me ask you this from a manufacturer standpoint, because I also interpreted it when, when I read it, that they're not allowed to market like Mossberg can't run a commercial or put Correct. up a, uh, a, an, a banner or something like that. Even, um, even at Bass Pro Shop. So like we have Bass Pro Shop, mm-hmm. they can't put up anything that would market towards kids. So. Well, how do you define what would market towards kids? I would say any advertising whatsoever would market towards anyone that sees it. Exactly. That's the, 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 the same. They, were, they tried to introduce a law um, three years ago that said that there would be no hunting within fences in the state mm-hmm. of California. The problem is, is that you have a, a property Say you have 60,000 acres. Your neighbors have a fence on the front, back, and sides. It is now a three-fenced property, which you're not allowed to hunt on. Even though you don't technically have a fence on your property, it's not a high fence, it's not, but it's a fenced-in property. So even though it's 60,000 acres and one, one, one side backs up to National Forest, because it's gated, it's you know fenced on three sides, therefore you're not allowed to hunt. It, the bill didn't pass. But that's, but that's they, not even fenced. If there's not a fence no. on one side, it's not. It's not this is the way. But this is the way that California tries to <laughs> manipulate the system. Is is they write if if you go read this article, you can type it in. I bet Cable will put a link. But it is very very misleading. It's very hard to read. There's a bunch of just big words that repeat themselves over and over and over again. Sounds like we, Kamala. Oh yeah, and we sat there and dissected and dissected. Like, it. And the biggest thing is like, my wife was the one that was like, well, what does it what does it do for you? How does it impact you? And the biggest thing is it's because um, there's what I can't even tell how many sections it is, but the biggest thing is marketing to minors. So it says the fire in- industry member shall not advertise market or arrange for placement of any advertisement or marketing communication concerning any firearm related product, including am- ammo in the matter that is designed, intended, or reasonably appears to be attractive to a minor. You're wearing a Vortex shirt. Is that a violation? That's a, if my kid was, yes. Okay. But the, the wording says attracted to a minor. You have a nine-year-old boy. He walks into Bass Pro Shop. Everything is attractive to him. Oh, he wants it all. Yeah. Even, all the, even the candy by the, by, by the exit aisle. Mm-hmm. It's still attractive to him. 
And so if you think about this in the state of California, it's going to shut down a lot and it's going to impact everything just for the fact that people are now afraid to do things. They're afraid to put stuff out. Like I even, we went to Bass Pro um, just the other day and they already had like all the advertisements gone. Like there was no posters, there was no billboards, there was no, it was like everything that got taken down was taken down because some crazy walks in there and looks at it and it's going to be a million dollar fine of all the advertisements they have up on the walls. Oh my gosh, dude. But yet here, so here, how does, how do they justify? Cause I guarantee you they're not going to do this. They're not going to tell grand theft auto 35 or halo or, um, gears of war. What are these other stupid video games? Call of duty. The big one. I think kids playing Fortnite. even the people shoot each other on there all the time. That's right. the premise of these games. Uh, but on Grand Theft Auto, you can also like bang hookers and stuff like that, which I'm really uplifting while, for man. kids. Yeah. Uh, but are they going to stop? Are they going to say that these companies can't advertise those and put those commercials on TV? No, because they're not a firearm or firearm related company. What's re- more pervasive, more perverse for a child's mind? Besides trying to be indoctrinated and told them, you know, that they're, they might be a boy trapped in a girl's body. These games where people are getting shot all the time or you know, going hunting with their dad. Oh, hundred percent. The answer. Yeah, it's a rhetorical question, but this is the mindset of these idiots. And also, I think about Hollywood, and th- just look, watch any movie trailer. I guarantee you, on an action uh, film, you're going to see gun violence just on the trailer itself. I mean, that sells the like gun sell, and they're going to let Hollywood continue to run rampant and do what they've always done, which is promote gun violence. And I don't care. I mean, I don't mind seeing that stuff, but I'm 40 years old. I'm an adult and I'm a mentally fit adult. I can handle it. You're putting that stuff in front of kids and then you're, and you're in the same, you know, same thing as the video games and then telling them that they going hunting with dad and, and advertisement for a Jake's event of trying right. to enroll future conservationists into our fraternity of hunters is bad for them. Right. We have, it's, and it's, it's insane just for this, this mentality that you're talking about. I mean, I posted a while ago during COVID, I went to the grocery store and I had on a black rifle shirt. Remember mm-hmm. the story? And it had a picture of a uh, AR 15 on the front that said like black rifle coffee. Mm-hmm. They sent it to me. I was wearing it. I didn't, didn't even remember that I put it on in the morning. So the aspect of it, I go to the grocery store and I'm walking the grocery store and this lady starts yelling at me. How dare you wear a shirt with an a with, with with an automatic rifle on it? How dare? And I'm like, what is this lady? Oh, she's yelling at me. I look down. I'm like, oh crap. Okay, whatever. And she has a like a ten year old, eleven year old boy with her, and she's I ignore her. I start walking down another aisle. She's yelling and screaming at me. You know, pulls out her cell phone, yelling and screaming at me. And I turn around. I'm like, ma'am, just it's just a t-shirt. Oh, that t-shirt. It's going to tell my kid that gun that gun violence is okay. It's going to show my kid that this. And she starts going off. On it's gonna, how it's gonna destroy her kid by my my freaking T-shirt I have on, and she's going going going. I look at the little kid and I said, "Hey, you like video games?" She's like, "Don't talk to my kid." The kid's like, "Oh, I love video games." I'm like, what what video game do you play? He's like, "Oh, I play Call of Duty." I'm like, "Oh, awesome, dude! What's your favorite gun in Call of Duty?" He's like, "Oh, my favorite car, my my, my favorite gun's the Scar, and it's this and it's that and it's this." And it's, I was like, "Oh yeah." I go, "What's your?" He was like, "Oh yeah," and I try to get sniper headshots and da 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 da. And I looked at the the mom and I said. That right there is screwing up your kid more than my t-shirt. Your kid just got more excited about 
a gun is hitting had a, someone in the head yeah, that is getting headshots and he gets more points for headshots with with, with a non-sniper style weapon which is an, a scar isn't even it's a three-round burst it's not even a fully automatic rifle right and he's telling me all about the stuff and the mom just flips the f out on me like in my face yelling don't tell me how to parent if my kid wants to play video games he can play video games you know bob it's just a video game it's not real life your shirt just a t-shirt you dumb but it was but it was in real life so as they were walking away i looked at the sun i said hey by the way my gamer tag is the wild chef (laughs) fun fact that kid went and found me and asked to be my friend i didn't play with him but i was just like okay so this little punk head kid whose mom is crazy is like oh i'm gonna go play call of duty with this dude because he knows what's up and it was crazy to think about this mom is just allowing this kid to go play these video games that he has no idea about. None. She has no idea. None. What she bought doing. it for him. Yeah. You know, it says MA13 on it and he's 10 and she's buying it for this kid. And he's telling me all about these firearms and I'm wearing a, a t-shirt from a coffee company <laughs> and I'm the bad guy in this situation. Right. I'm the evil one in this situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'm wearing this gun shirt. My, my, my kids own firearms. They're not allowed to play these video games. Yeah. You know, when these shootings go off and all this other stuff goes off, like we went out to uh, Henry's the nine and he has friends that are allowed to play Fortnite. He's not allowed to play at their houses. hundred percent. He has, it, he owns four guns. Well, I mean, I own them, but I gave them to him. Oh, same. Yeah. Guns. But yeah. And, and didn't, didn't he go shoot his first deer too this year? Yeah. He's shot uh, a doe and a black buck doe and he shot uh, his first buck this year. So, right. Yeah. He's a, uh, He's having some success and he loves it, but no, no, no first person shooter games for our family. I really think it's that desensitizing, even for the watch Disney channel. Now with your kids, every show has some sort of homosexual aspect to it or some sort of leftist agenda to it. Even like, you know, any new movie coming out like that Mm -hmm. new Buzz Lightyear movie. Yeah. We're not seeing that. No, I mean, I already told my kids, you're not allowed to see it. And, I don't know. It's it's scary to look at. And I'm at. not even anti-gay. I don't care. I could care less what you do. Uh, Just don't force it down our throat. Right. I could I could care was, less. Was I, there I a gay joke in there? Homosexual. Don't care. I'm the uncle to to a niece and nephew. Have two moms. Um, I'm pretty open-minded on that stuff. I believe in live and let live. Right. And I think a lot of conservatives do. But then the other party, the other side, is like tolerance, tolerance, live and let live. Oh, you disagree with me? F you, you've got an AR on your shirt. What's wrong with you, you murderer? I mean, that's the that's what we're dealing with. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it's scary. I just saw someone sent me a video this morning, and it was these two dudes on campus asking questions to other students at campus. And this one crazy leftist kid comes in and he starts screaming, and they're videoing them going, Oh, he's calling campus security because we're asking questions. Mm. So he literally gets on the phone with campus security. And he's telling them, they're like, what's the problem? He's like, well, they're asking questions and they're trying to force their opinion on us and they're causing an uprival, you know, an uprising and they're this and they're that. So the two campus police come and they're like, okay, well, what's the question? So they tell them, they're like, it's freedom of speech, dude. Well, yeah, but they're making me uncomfortable. And they're like, then walk away. He's like, well, the no, they're doing this. Too. They're doing that. They're doing this. And he's like, why are you, why can you have a voice and they can't have a voice? And the cop's like, unless you can tell me why they're breaking the law, they're free to stay. Well, they're making me feel uncomfortable. They're making it up. He goes, you're the only person screaming and yelling here. There's no one else even around you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this kid's videoing the whole time. And finally, the cops, the cops end up shaking this dude's hand saying, hey, have a great day. Great questions. And walk yeah. away. And this kid just loses his mind. 
And that's well, the society that we're raising is like, when, hey, when we were kids, safe spaces didn't exist, dude. Everyone's coddled now. And everyone, even in my kids' sports, you lose, you still get a trophy. I'm like, no, we don't, we don't, we don't accept trophies for 10th place in this family. Sorry. Cupcakes are for winners. winners and losers in life. You want to be a winner? Work your ass off. You know? Yeah. My, uh, one of the guys at church got mad because he was talking about letting his kids win in board games mm. because they lose too much. And my daughter goes, I don't think I've ever beat my dad in checkers or chess. And I said, and you won't until you actually beat me. And he's like, you don't let your kids win. I was like, hell no, I don't let my kids win. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, my dad would kill me in all sports and all events until I actually beat him in it. And then he'd be like, oh, good job. I'm never, I'm never playing checkers with you ever again. And you know, it's like, why would I let my kid beat me just to make them feel comfortable right. when, they didn't, when they didn't actually do it? I remember the first time I beat my dad in a game of one-on-one basketball. I was 14 years old. 14. It, and it took me years. And I probably didn't beat him again until I was 15. You know? Yeah. It took me years. To, my, my son is nine. He has not beaten me in basketball, and he won't until he beats me. Right. Don't let him win. But that's the society we live in, and that's why I think this bill is so scary. It's because... I posted it and a lot of people came at me who I know they're like, well, yeah, but it's good. It's sort of like the tobacco. And I said, okay, yeah, let's see how the tobacco industry is doing on not marketing to our kids mm-hmm. with all these fruity flavors and fun things that they're throwing in there. And there's more kids vaping and smoking now than there was when we were in high school. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm at, I mean, end times. vaping doesn't even smell like you don't even have to hide the scent from your parents. No, you just sit there and smoke a blueberry and you're good to go. And it's, I'm like, okay, so we, we banned all that. How's that going? Oh, we also have, have really in city California looking at alcohol laws. You know, look at those fun alcohol commercials that come on TV where the party's going crazy and everyone's having fun. They're taking shots and then they're getting, they're hooking up or they're whatever. And there's no, how's that working out for you? Mm. Tell me the last time you saw a gun commercial on TV. I, I don't think I ever have seen one on TV. Right. And even when we're watching videos and safety things, like if they're grown up around it, and I think that's the problem is you look at this. It wasn't on Sportsman or Outdoor Channel, you know. Yeah. Other than that. But yeah, just basic television. No, you're not going to see any gun or ammunition, optics, even nothing. Well, and and kids nowadays, they look at guns, like I said, for video games, and there's there's no outcome of it. My dad always said, in real life, there's no reset. These kids don't realize that. Is they're used to dying, coming back, dying, coming back, killing someone, them coming back. And there's this back and forth. And in real life, a gun is going to kill you. There's, there's damage to it. And I think our kids understand that concept because we're hunters and they've seen death and they've seen the power of a gun. Like we went out and we were shooting 22s in the desert. And my daughter had some friends there and her friend went to grab for the gun. And my daughter said, stop again. She's 12 years old. She's like, this is the trigger, the trigger and the barrel always point. And she starts explaining the gun to this little girl. And the girl gets on it. She goes, keep your finger off the trigger until you're down sight and you're right. That's something that we instilled with her. This little girl would have just got there and started just firing this gun around, not even thinking about it because she's used to playing video games. She's used to her parents, not control, you know, not teaching her the proper ways to do things. And us as parents, we're the evil ones because we teach our kids how to take care of guns. So yeah, this gun safe behind me here. Um, my second cut, my cousin brought his kid over and, um, he, he's 13 and I opened that gun safe up 
He went to start grabbing everything, dude. He was so excited. And again, he plays a lot of video games. I'm, I'm like, my kid would never touch a oh. gun. Henry would, if I open this up, Henry would wait for me to hand him the gun that I wanted him to have. But yeah, it's a completely different mindset. And I could leave a gun sitting on wherever in the house. And I have a handgun. My kid's never going to touch that gun ever. Yeah, we, were in, we went camping and I brought a, uh, a shotgun and I set it down on, unloaded everything, set it down on the, on the uh, couch when you walk in our trailer. And my eight-year-old walks in, looks at the gun, walks back and goes, dad, uh, is that gun safe and unloaded? I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, can you put it away, please? Mm. I was like, oh yeah, you got it. I walked in, put it in the cupboard. She's like, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's the mindset that our kids have is the safety thing. I don't know if I ever told you the story. My daughter and her friend were at a park and they found a handgun. It was like oh, wow. last year and her friend picked it up. I was like, oh, look, a gun. And my daughter goes, put it down on the ground. So my daughter walks over, pushes, pushes the you know, mag eject, and it goes out. And she sits there and she goes, don't touch it. My daughter stood there. She was like, you go get your mom. The mom came and the cop, and my daughter's still standing over it. And the cop's like, oh, what's going on? And she goes, well, I ejected it, but I didn't check and see if there's a round inside the chamber, sir. The cop's like, uh, well, you did a good job. And so then I found out later on when I got called by this mom and I'm praising my daughter. The mom's all upset. I'm like, hey, listen, your daughter could have killed my daughter, but my daughter had the balls enough to push the eject, stand there over it and saying, no one goes near this gun until there's an adult here. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the mindset. And if that's we the mindset away, that kids used to have, that's what know? I had. Right. I would have never right. picked up a gun and flung it around. It's just insane. Well, all we can do is, is raise them the right way and continue to fight the insanity that they're being subjected to every day. Let's take a break. We'll come back and get into a little more lighthearted conversation on hunting and uh, some wild game recipes. Sound good? Sounds good. Excellent. And that segment brought to you by the good folks over at Vortex Optics. Here's the cool thing. And uh, I only recently got a discount code for you, but that's right. 10% off your Vortex order when you shop at eurooptic.com. And they've got all the Vortex Optics, all of them. All you need to do, go to eurooptic.com. Select that Vortex piece that you've had your eye on and enter that promo code LONESTAR10 when you check out. That's 10% off your entire Vortex order from EuroOptic.com. Up next, we'll keep the conversation rolling with Jeremiah Doughty on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. America's Coffee Company has something for everyone. I'm talking about Black Rifle Coffee, of course, veteran-owned and operated. Whether you prefer a light, medium, or dark roast, they've got a plethora of each. And here's the cool thing. They've also got K-Cups now. So if you're a a Keurig kind of person, yeah, they've got you covered there. Actually, I'm sipping on the uh, hazelnut K-Cup today because some days I just don't want to make a whole pot of coffee. But whatever the case... They've got something for you, and you'll save 20% off of not only your coffee order, but all of that awesome Second Amendment, unapologetically American swag that they're known for. Caps, t-shirts, hoodies, etc. Yeah, 20% off of all that stuff as well with my promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at BlackRifleCoffee.com. Cable here, and if you're like me, you probably enjoy bold flavors and cuisines. And nobody does Cajun and Creole better than Chris's Specialty Foods in Frisco. Their forte includes specialty sausages, boudins, and andouille. 
pre-cooked soups, gumbos, and sides, where all you have to do is heat it up. What about high-quality steaks, smoked and fried turkeys, turduckins, and turduckin rolls for the holidays, plus gift boxes. Storefront conveniently located off Dallas Parkway in Frisco, or shop online at chrisspecialtyfoods.com and have it delivered to your door. Tactical Skeleton Firearms specializes in custom AR-10 firearms. They're best known for their AR-10 308 pistols. Also, dual-caliber AR-10 rifle systems and dual-caliber AR-15 takedown pistols. Tactical Skeleton specializes in custom Cerakoting engraving, and they'll custom laser-cut the foam insert inside your hard gun case. They'll also take on any exotic caliber build offered on the AR-10 or AR-15 platform. Precision machining and hand-built quality, guaranteed by a lifetime warranty? Who does that? Get free shipping on your order when you visit TacticalSkeleton.com today. Cable Smith, welcome everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thanks for being here today as we are still visiting with our good friend from field to plate, Jeremiah Dowdy. And we'll get back into that conversation, talk some hunting and wild game recipes momentarily first though. This segment is proudly brought to you by SCI, the worldwide leader and big game conservation. When it comes to being proactive and taking the fight to the other side, because we all know we are under attack 365, 24-7. It never ends from the anti-hunting faction. But SCI is there on the front lines fighting for our rights and trying to help people understand that sustainable use hunting is conservation. It's a model that works. They do it both domestically and internationally. I'm a proud member. I hope that you'll join our ranks as well, and you can do so by heading over to safariclub.org. Okay, well, let's uh, jump back into things here with our old buddy, Jeremiah Dowdy. First of all, what about what are your what are your Western plans? I know you're coming to Texas um, probably multiple times this fall, but what Western stuff do you have going on? Do you, yeah, like, to, I, do you like to go hunt antelope? Oh yeah, I got I, I drew for an antelope buck in Wyoming again this year. So we heading out and everyone else in the party didn't get drawn. I was the only one that got drawn. <laughs> uh so it's actually kind of exciting because every single year for the past 10 years, I've been taking five, six guys to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm usually like the last one to shoot. So this year, me and my dad are just going by ourselves. And uh my buddy who is a guide there just had a just had a brand new baby. So he's not guiding this year. So he's all excited. He's like, so I'm just gonna go out with you guys. So he actually called me this morning. He's like, Oh man, I saw this really funky buck and sent me a picture. One, one horns going out over its face. I'm like, keep an eye on that guy. Cause mm-hmm. I could care. I could care less about Boone and Crockett. I want something that's ugly and funky. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, it's doing that. Um, I've got plans to, I drew, um, a D 12 tag here in California, which is a large desert area, but we've got all the desert mule deers that come up from Mexico, mm-hmm. all the fall, the Colorado river. And so drew there. So I'm pretty stoked about that going to spend some time. Is that a hard tag to draw? It's not a hard, it's, it's a harder tag to draw. It's not like the X zones up by like mammoth and stuff, which are like, you need 30 preference points to draw those ones. Mm. Um, but it's, it's a hard area to hunt if you don't know what you're doing. And so a lot of guys 
put in for it. And then it's the success rate is pretty low, but the area that I going into, I'm going in with a buddy who's department fish and wildlife guy. We've been scouting it for a couple of years and over 4th of July, we saw a couple of bucks in velvet that were four by fours, five by fives. Nice. And they were over by the river eating alfalfa going into this grazing area. And so the goal is to try there. It opens up early for archery. So we're going to try to smack one with a bow. If we can't, then we got to try to get in with a rifle, but mm-hmm. archery would be fun to shoot one of those big old desert bucks with a, with a bow and arrow. And then, um, we've got some stuff coming up in Alaska, hopefully trying to go hunt a moose. And then mm-hmm. it's pretty much heading to Texas and shooting whitetail and exotics and trying to get back to Hawaii to shoot some access. I got yeah. called on that, which you just did. So. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, it was a little foreign, like just knowing that half the deer they shoot there, they just leave. Like that was, uh, and I'm like, dude, I, I, as a Texan, I've never wasted a deer and I don't, it, it was hard to compartmentalize that reality that, Hey, these access deer, they treat the same way that we treat feral hogs. Yeah. So you know, is it, is it great to eat? Yes, of course. I would, I try to keep a feral hog in the freezer at all times. I can't keep 20 or 30 that I kill every year in there. And so, you know, they get fed to the coyotes. Anybody that thinks that's unethical, sorry about you. We're just going to have to agree to disagree because they're a pest farm on, you know, landowners want them gone. They're fun to hunt. Um, you could, uh, like if we go shoot 20 hogs in a night with thermals between three or four guys, and it's 100 degrees. You know, it's like last night at nine o'clock here, it was 104 degrees. What do they want you to do with those hogs? Yeah. Lo- load them up in my uh, refrigerated 18 wheeler that I don't have and take them somewhere where they can come pick them. It's not realistic. Like, it's just it's, it's stupid, is what it is. Um, but we also do aerial gunning out of helicopters. You know, those don't get picked up either. Yeah. Um, so, so to, to go to Maui and be like, you guys just shoot deer and just leave them here. I was like, that seems insane. He's like, not only do we do that, not my outfitter, but he, in a previous life, uh, before he got into guiding, he was a paid eradicator. Yeah. He would go out at night and shoot as many deer and as many hogs as possible. And you just have to keep in mind, Maui has no native mammal species on the island. So everything's introduced and the farmers, landowners don't want them around. They're, uh, they're hell on the native forage and, and oh, yeah. watershed even. Yeah. I, I have a, the two buddies that I have in Maui, they're saying the same thing. They're like, it's such an invasive species and it's, they're like, you probably saw this. I saw this when I was there when you'll see like two to 300 deer come down in a herd mm. and they come down into like the cane fields or they come down into the pineapple plantations. Imagine what a hundred, 200, 300 deer can do to a field in a night. Right. Like, and that's what he was saying too. He goes, dude, just come out. Cause I was like, oh, I just want to come out. I want to shoot a couple. To, he's like, yeah, I understand you want to shoot three to take home, but you're shooting 14 to 60 mm-hmm. here. If you're coming out, he goes, that's just what's going to happen. He goes, that's because he does a lot of the hunting. There's a big uh, cattle ranch out there and they don't run. They don't run the operation on Saturday, Sunday. So he goes in Saturday, Sundays and just, they pay him to go in and kill as many deer as they can. And he can pile them up and leave them. They don't really care. They'll, you know, and the problem is there's no natural predators on. Yeah. And so you, you have scavenging birds and stuff like that, but there's no natural predators. There's so no nothing. Coyotes. Yeah. So nothing's it. So like on the Island of, of Lanai, they say that more access starve than get shot yeah. from lack of food on Lanai, which is insane to think about. Uh-huh. Yeah. But that's the reality. 
Um, so, okay. The moose hunt though, you mentioned, is yeah. that going to be a DIY thing? Yeah. I have a buddy who is in Alaska out of, um, uh, Anchorage. No, no, no. We have a buddy. Oh yeah. Yeah. You want to go? <laughs> um, and he's been working on getting his guide license. And so in Alaska, it's like a five-year process. And then you have to have so many hours of what's our new friend's name. I'm just, just curiosity. <laughs> I can't say that loud on, on YouTube and, um, yeah. But we're trying to get that all set up. We're trying to go in September. Um, oh, and nice. it, it's literally, it's 800 bucks for a, a moose tag. And mm-hmm. it's over the counter. And so it's, you fly into Anchorage, go to his house, gear up, take a puddle plane, you know, into the bush. You're in the bush for five, six days, shoot a moose. And the cool thing, I don't know, a lot of people don't know this about Alaska, but you can shoot anything with any tag if it is under the price of what it is. So you shoot, you know, you get an $800 black or moose tag, mm-hmm. but, a, but a caribou is only $550 or a black bear is $300. If you don't tag out a moose, you can shoot a caribou or a black bear under that tag. Oh, I didn't know that. And tag that out as your tagged animal. So it's kind mm-hmm. of a cool thing too. So you go there, you're like, oh, I got 800 bucks for, you know, to go shoot a moose, but you don't see a moose the entire time you're there, but you see a giant massive caribou. You can shoot the caribou, tag it with your mat. You, with your moose tag and call it a day. Huh. That's interesting. Which Makes is kind sense. of a cool concept. As long as they've got a handle on the, the populations, which I'm, I'm sure Alaska fishing game does. So, uh, that's awesome. Um, going back to pronghorn, and I think they get a bad rap and I don't know about Wyoming, but the ones I've shot in Texas have been phenomenal. Keep in mind they're they exist more in agricultural settings and not so much in like the sage country. Um, I think antelope meat is some of the best venison on the planet. hundred percent. What, uh, what's your favorite way to prepare them? Oh gosh. I, I usually try to shoot at least two to three a year in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And then the buddy that I was talking about was an outfitter. His family's not big on antelope because they shoot so many elk. So they're like, whatever. Mm-hmm. So they usually just, if they shoot antelope, they just quarter them, put them in a, put them in the deep freeze. And when I get there, they're like, here's all your antelope meat. So I usually come home with like five or six antelope. To me, the best way to do it, like I love taking just the backstrap and marinating it. Just real simple. Worcester, soy, garlic, rosemary, thyme, salt, pepper, and letting that soak for eight to 12 hours and then taking it out and doing like a reverse sear on your smoker, like on a Traeger or Camp Chef, whatever you have. Uh-huh. And then cutting it into like a medium rare. To me, that's where it shines. A lot of people will take, because antelope meat will dry out a lot more than venison. I mean, there's zero fat on these. Like when you, when you, when you take off the hide, it is just meat and hide. Like there's no fat, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. And so you get, you can really dry it out. If you overcook them, if you try to like do a roast, that kind of stuff, they usually don't take too well, but that Mississippi pot roast with antelope is stupid. Good. Mm. If you've ever had, have you ever had Mississippi pot roast? Uh, I don't, I, that's where you take like the, I've had can pot of, roast, like, but I don't know if I've called it Mississippi. You take like a crock pot, take like a can of like one of those jars of pepperoncinis. Uh-huh. You dump the whole can of pepperoncinis in there with the pepperoncinis and the juice. Then you take uh, a pack of, uh, brown gravy mix, like just the ajou brown gravy mix, put it on top. Don't mix anything. Take a patch pack of ranch seasoning, like uh-huh. to make your own ranch Pour that over it. And then put a, put like half a stick of butter on the top and just turn it on low and let it go all day long. And all that renders down. You put it on like sandwich rolls, dude, it's stupid. And, and it's one of those, you would do this with a shoulder roast or shoulder roast or, uh, one of your, you know, top or bottom rounds. 
Mm-hmm. Any of those tougher cuts that you can just throw that in there and just let it freaking break down. So I don't have any antelope in the freezer right now, but I I'll do, do it with have, a deer. I do have some moose and oh. yeah, I think, uh, and the kids love it too. Cause you think about like the pepperoncinis aren't hot, yeah. right? Like they're not, there's no heat to them. It just adds that kind of that flavor. But then you take all that, you put it out onto like a roll and then you take the rest of that au jus that was down there in that thing. And then I would put it out there. It's great for deer camp because you put it in before you leave and you, you hunt all day long. You come back, you just, you guys just pile up and then you put little bowls of the au jus and people just dip mm-hmm. and eat sandwiches and it just shreds. All and right, that's apart. happening very soon at the Smith house. I'll send you the recipe. It's, yeah. it's insane. Absolutely. Um, let's do this. Let's take our last break here. We'll come back and we'll talk um, about your Texas, your Texas schedule, some classes. I don't know if they're full or not, but uh, you've got some opportunity there. And then um, Turkey as well, because I think Turkey is a certainly underrated wild game. You probably still have some in the freezer from the spring. I know I do. Yeah. I shot uh, 11. 11. Yeah. Dang. I shot three and I thought I did good, but uh, 11. Okay. We'll we'll take that break. We'll come right back. That segment brought to you by Texas Trophy Hunters. It's extravaganza season. That means that Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio get ready because the biggest hunting events of the summer are right around the corner. Things kick off at the NRG Center in Houston, August 5th through the 7th with the Dallas and the San Antonio shows to follow in the coming weeks. I'll see you there. Uh, For more info, head over to ttha.com. Uh, to get your tickets. I'll see you there. We'll be right back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Granddaddy of all hunting shows, the 2022 Hunter's Extravaganza is back August 5th through the 7th at the NRG Center. See the best bucks taken last season in our annual deer contest. Free entry for police officers, first responders, and active military with an ID, and kids under five. Experience the latest in hunting technologies and equipment, and don't miss the 2022 Hunter's Extravaganza. Details and tickets at ttha.com. Hey guys, Cable here for Cryo and More, the one-stop feel-good shop in McKinney, Texas. I've been going there for over a year now. All your holistic healing needs with cold, heat, and compression therapy services. And these services, they're the fastest way that I've found to reduce inflammation and to get to the root cause of pain. You don't need to be in pain, though, in order to benefit from these services. Cryotherapy helps with burning calories, optimizing sleep, boosting energy, and much more. I can tell you that's true because I feel like a brand new man every time I get out of the cryo chamber. Uh, Plus, compression therapy helps promote healthy blood flow. Come in anytime before 1 o'clock, 1 p.m., Monday through Saturday. Say the words cold outdoors, and you'll get $10 off your cryo session. That's cryoandmore.com. In the market for a compact track loader, check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at one of our nine North Texas locations. Visit BobcatOfNorthTexas.com 
or call 469-586-0000 today. Hey, this is Cody Jenks, and you're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. My old friend, no, you never let me down as years went by. There's our very own Cody Jinx bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. My old friend, the name of that one. And uh, we're still visiting with our old friend, Jeremiah Dowdy. We'll pick it back up momentarily. This segment, though, brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. Land is the one thing they're not making any more of, but we all want it. And especially in Texas, I mean, these Californians keep moving in. No offense, Jeremiah. Uh, and driving our real estate market through the roof, now is the time to get that rural property, to make that dream your reality. Whether you want to just move out of the big city, uh, whether you want a place to go hunting, fishing, you want to run cattle, maybe you fancy yourself as a, uh, a fledgling rancher, or, uh, or you just want a weekend retreat somewhere to, uh, to get away from the stress and the hustle and bustle of everyday life, Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers for over 100 years. They'll do the same for you, and you can find them at LoneStarAgCredit.com. With that being said, let's pick it back up with our pal, Jeremiah Dowdy. Thanks for sticking around. As, yeah, anytime. Uh, yeah, enjoying the conversation. And you had me on your podcast recently. You you started your own podcast. How many episodes do you have under your belt now? I uh, just posted the 10th one, so not as many so as you, you, but it's going well. You're doing one a week? I'm trying to do one a week, so I try to okay. post on Wednesdays. Perfect. Right on, man. Um, well, let's talk about Texas and your from field to plate classes, which I'm sure that's probably either in the Hill Country or South Texas, just based on deer density. Yeah, actually, this I signed a thing with West Texas Outfitters. Mm. Uh, it's two brothers out of Houston, younger guys in their 30s, and they run concrete out of Houston, but they have a place down in Comstock. And so that's like West, West Texas, right above mm-hmm. Del Rio area. And so they've got a 38,000 acre low fence ranch. And uh, that's where we're going to be doing the classes for the next couple of years, just for the fact of the deer density down there, the population, um, and just the wide open spaces to kind of do more of what we want. And so from the, the from field to play classes are geared towards new or experienced hunters that want to go deeper and dive deeper into it to learn more about the butchering process, the gutting process. There is the shooting aspect of it. So we do go to the shooting range and kind of, if you're uncomfortable on a firearm or uncomfortable on your, your weapon or your weapons, you don't know how to sight in a weapon, bring it down. We're going to go through the whole mechanics and basics of how to do that. And then once the deer are on the ground, that's where the real fun starts is it's all we do a skinning class, a gutting class, an anatomy class. Then you go into the whole butcher breakdown where you process all your meat yourself. So you get a big table, everyone processes. If you want to make sausage, we make sausage. You want to make jerky? We, we make jerky. I signed a deal with Traeger. So we're going to have Traegers at the class. So if they want to make jerky straight onto the Traeger, we'll smoke, we'll smoke jerky as well as summer sausage and all that good jazz. So it's kind of a fun thing. Plus, I don't know if you saw that thing I invented. Oh, so yeah, I saw the 40, like the uh, prototype here. Isn't that rad? Uh-huh. So the cool thing is, is all the parts come off. Uh-huh. So I can talk about the shoulder blades. I can talk about the rib cages. I can talk about like, where the lung sits, the lung falls out, but the heart. So he's the for, for people that are just listening to the radio show or podcast. He's holding a 4D 
white-tailed deer buck yeah which completely breaks down like you were saying that's awesome so and then i'm going to take those back legs and the front leg that comes off those and i'm going to actually mold and create different muscle groups so people can actually sit there and see how the muscles pull apart and see how they sit on there so because there's a lot of people that i teach the classes even though the deer is there and they have a leg in front of them they're very uncomfortable with the way that the muscles break apart Mm-hmm. So I'm going to sculpt each and every muscle so I can take that front shoulder and be like, Hey, there's two stakes on this side. There's one stake on this back and it'll all be where they all kind of fit in and, you know, 3d molded onto this aspect of it. And there's just that, or, or, or your kid taking your kid out there and showing them the sh- proper shot placement. And so like how many deer will someone get to shoot on, on one of those experiences? So it's guaranteed one deer is what they're mm-hmm. shooting. And then usually we're shooting a couple more. Um, there's also hogs out there. So hogs are, we'll, we'll go out, we'll do a night of predator hunting with thermals. We'll hunt hogs. We hunt predators. So we'll, there's a lot of silver Fox out there. We'll hunt like the Fox and there's javelina. We're, we're hunting javelina. So the goal Way is underrated as table oh, fair. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll do that, but yeah, you come out and it's guaranteed to shoot one deer. Uh, we try mm. to keep it at shooting a doe first because no one ever argues on the size of a deer. When it's a doe, a doe comes in and hanging up. Everyone's like, oh, you shot a doe. It's never like, oh, your doe was 130 and my doe was 128. Like right. a doe's a doe. But when you come in and there's a six point and an eight point, sometimes guys will feel, or girls will feel like, oh, I didn't, I, I didn't get the experience they did because I shot a six point, which I, I love a slick six better than an eight point any day. So, hmm. Well, you can't eat the horns, but I definitely would shoot the eight point over the six for me. <laughs> oh, dude, a big old slick six going up? No. Nah. Well, it, okay, if they're relatively the same, you know. But I'm not talking about like a little, like a little three by three. I'm talking like you get that six, you know, that that five year old, six year old six point, which has, you know, eleven inch, you know, G one, G two, G three sticking out. I think that's just hmm. over like just a typical eight. I don't know. I think that or like a good basket. I love like a good white tail. That's a real, real tight basket. Well, where I hunt a lot of the time, those are illegal to shoot because they're not 13 inches wide. Oh, no, yeah. You, you have to have where you are going to be hunting that they have antler restrictions. No. Um, so, um, well, cool. So where can people find uh, how to how to enroll in, in one of those? Yeah, the, I'm actually releasing the classes. Uh, I don't know when you're releasing this episode, but on Monday. So what's the 23rd, 24th, 25th of July. Yeah, so next week, you'll. Yeah. You'll con- yeah. Next week, they're going to go up for sale. Um, last year, the spot sold out in five minutes. So uh, we're also going to do a veteran hunt this year. That's going to be completely paid for. Vets, vets just going to show up and do it. It's going to be the wounded vets. Um, we've got guys with amputees who have been complaining to me that a lot of ranches won't take them out because they can't, um, they don't feel like they're adequate enough in their vehicles or their housing or whatever. And so we're putting together a whole hunt where these guys will go out. We, we're, we're talking to gun manufacturers with the, uh, with the blow mouths. If the guys don't have arms where they can sit mm-hmm. there and actually blow on these guns and control it all and really give them the experience of hunting and butchering and teaching them that even though they don't have arms, they can still butcher and break down these deer. And there's one guy who's double amputee that was showing me different ways with his hook that he can, there's a different attachments and stuff. That he can oh, get wow. into it. And so I think it'll be really exciting for them to really kind of just get out there and, and go. And then we're doing a meet week with these guys where at the end of the season, whatever tags they have left, we just go. And last year we shot 18 deer in two days. Mm. just filled freezers so and, and all of that's right there on your website yep yeah from from field to plate.com it'll all be posted here like i said it's starting on july 25th and it'll mm. all be able to access you you can get your deposit and then pay for it later and you don't have to have it all up front it's pretty cheap too it's only 1800 bucks 
for, no, it's not uh, bad. for a four day hunt and butcher class. So, and, a, and you get a deer to take home guaranteed a deer to take with home. all that knowledge too. Yeah. Very cool. Um, let's talk turkeys. You said before the break, you shot 11 this year. So where all did you go? Uh, yeah. And then the year before that we shot, I did that, you know, in 2021, we did the, the culinary grand slam with NWTF where we shot I should, like seven States. Uh, that's what all the birds are. If you're looking on video behind me, if not, there's a really cool fan of all five subspecies. And it was, so this year it was California, which you can shoot two. And then we're Texas where you can shoot four. So mm-hmm. there's your six, uh, Washington, and then Oregon with my cousin up in Oregon. And then, um, doing some other ones down in, um, like Alabama, Mississippi type area. Mm. So I don't know. I love turkey hunting. And I think that meat is way, way underrated as well. Yeah. And I know you like the innards too, which my buddy and I, um, we do this hunt in South Texas every year. Take the kidney, uh, liver, the heart, and he likes the gizzard. I don't really like the gizzard. I'm not going to lie. I find it really chewy. Yeah. Uh, but we, you know, prep them, mix it all up with a little butter, onion, garlic. If we have a bell pepper, we throw that in there. And really important, we grab some of the fat from the the turkeys, like the stuff that's covering its breast. If it's really nice, it's like yellow color. Throw that in there and it just melts down like better too. And uh, eat it out of a bowl or put it on a tortilla. Oof, that's some good stuff. It's just the, uh, the nasty bits taco. Oh, dude. And yeah, you know me. It's If it's nasty, it's for me. Mm-hmm. And this year, I actually saved the skin from the turkey neck. I haven't posted a picture of that yet, but you can actually, the Indians used to use that as sausage casings. Mm. And so I took um, the wing meat. So, you know, it's really tough wing meat. And I ground that up with the, with the liver, the gizzard, um, the heart, and actually the turkey testicles, which are up on the top, mm-hmm. threw all that in there, ground it up, seasoned it real well, and then made a sausage casing out of that. And then punctured it and grilled it, dude. It actually, it was. Oh, that sounds. It was delicious. insane because it was. You think about it. What would you? What do you call it? I don't know. Turkey neck sausage. <laughs> um, and the guy, one of the guys we were hunting with, he was a Scotsman, and he said it, it reminded him of you know all the different Scots meats and eating all the you know where they shoot you know throw the innards and they stuff it inside stomachs and they're going. He's like, oh, this reminds me of that. It was just very very rich, and I I'd thrown different very strong spices in there. And it was just one of those deals where once you cooked it and you cut into it like a sausage, we put it with some gravy and some taters. And it was, I don't know, it's it's the stuff that people just throw away. And so the how much stuff more- that we did not throw away 150 years ago. No one would have dreamed of throwing oh. anything away. No, and and even, you know, I was reading a, a book recently for some Native American stuff, and one of them was turkey head soup. Huh. Where they would take the heads of the turkey and throw it in the soup and boil it all down. So all the collagens, all the fats, all the everything else. And then they would eat this soup and they'd put root vegetables in the soup. And so this year, my goal is to this next season is to save all the turkey heads and try to make a turkey head soup because it's not like you're sitting there crunching on the bones and the beak, but it's just like, if you're doing it like a birria where, you know, you're using authentic or you're doing like mm-hmm. a goat head or something like that. It's just pulling all of that extra meat and flavor off of this bird, the brain, all that stuff's going to boil in and add flavor. And then just throwing your, you know, your taters and your carrots and your onions and breaking that down and then using that as just a broth type soup. Think about how much, I mean, it's gotta be good. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, like the easiest thing I think people can do, which like best bang for your buck though, uh, 
with a turkey breast, which I just got my first like flat top skillet recently, you know, it yeah. goes on the back patio. Oh dude, I love cooking on that griddle. It is awesome. And I just, I've done it twice. Um, now just a whole turkey breast will feed my family. If we just make fajitas out of it, Yeah, slice it up like fajitas, get all the silver skin off. Um, and then, you know, your peppers and onions and just put that on the skillet. That is tough to beat. And then of course, with the skillet, you just, you know, warm up your tortillas right there. Yeah. If you don't have one, regardless of which brand you choose, I, I would highly recommend getting a, a griddle situation for your back porch. I don't know if you saw that video of last time we were in Texas and one of the companies um, sent me one of their little tabletop griddles uh-huh. that you plug a propane tank into. And we were out in the middle of nowhere and we found this old like cattle cattle guard crate, you know, they put them up into, in the stockades and we just threw that out there, threw wild meat on it, onions, peppers, tortillas, like you're talking about. We made fajitas in the middle of the hunt. And all the guys are like, what are we doing? I said, we're eating breakfast. And they're like, <laughs> what? And it's just, but yeah, like you're talking about those, it's simple, stupid stuff that, that is insane. We, we, we turkey hunted in Texas this year and the guy who was running the, the ranch, he was like, oh, I don't eat turkey meat. Turkeys are gross. Turkey, you know, cause he's a typical Texan or typical turkey hunter. who's just like, oh, it's overcooked. They've only ever had, he literally only ever had it in poppers. And mm-hmm. then someone tried to like cook it like a Thanksgiving turkey and dried the sucker out and, you know, just doesn't cook like that. And so I made every, every night we were there, I made dinner, you know, I made a bourbon glazed turkey, like turkey bites where we sliced up. I did where I threw the legs and the thighs and I did a barbecue, like a pulled barbecue French fry type deal. Mm-hmm. And then I did one where I wrapped, I took the turkey breast, uh, feathered it out real thin, wrapped it with spinach and uh, bacon, garlic, rosemary. What else did I put in there? I did uh, see that one. I cream cheese. One. And then I rolled yeah. it up, tied it, and mm-hmm. we grilled it. And I remember the whole time this, he ended up taking leftovers home. He's like, I'm going to take some of this. I'm going to take some of this. And he actually texts me. He's like, Hey, turkey season's coming up. You coming back out? <laughs> just for the fact that like now he wants to eat turkey. He's like, dang it. Now I got to go shoot turkey because it just tastes so freaking good. So I love pretty, to make fun. a um, pozole with the legs. Oh like yeah. Corn or hominy based. Um, I would just call it like a soup or a stew. Yeah. It's got a lot. It's, and it's like um, green chili based like the sauce. Uh, and, and most of the ingredients just come out of a can. But my kids absolutely love that. It's a family favorite. And they're like that too. They're like, Dad, it's, when are we shoot more turkeys? You know, not them. They haven't shot turkeys. But like, when are you shooting more turkeys? We need to eat that pozole thing you made. Yeah. I don't um, know if you saw, I, I posted that picture of the KFC bowls, mm-hmm. the turkey. So I diced the turkey and I made my own. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. But like, uh-huh. the, it's probably the best turkey nuggets you've ever had. Just even if you don't want to make the bowl, go on and look at the recipe on from fieldtoplay.com and just follow the recipe. Um, to make these turkey nuggets. I've, I've had over 300 people that have written me like, okay, that's just the nugget I'm going to make. But I made those KFC bowls because my wife's like, I really want KFC bowls, but they're really bad for you. Right. I was like, oh, I can make them. Pulled out a turkey breast, you know, diced them up, got the mashed potatoes. And then I took a couple of the, I always save all the bones and stuff and the legs, even after I make whatever and made a broth and then made gravy with it. And dude, it was, it's stupid when your kids are sitting there going, this is good. I'm yeah. like, yeah, this is real good. And not bad, not as bad for you as like KFC. Uh, I made a, I think I did it with elk, but you could use any venison. Like, and this sounds so gross, but I, I like the Taco Bell Crunchwrap Supreme. I don't eat them anymore, uh, but I'm, you can make them at home. With that's the one that's all uh, folded in on itself, oh, like, yeah, a, like like a quesadilla inside of a 
uh-huh. taco yeah. or a taco instead of quesadilla. I've never, I've take, never had one. You're missing out. But yeah, just take your whatever uh, ground venison you want. And it's not hard. Just look on Taco Bell's website. Or if you've had a Crunchwrap Supreme. You no, know what's yeah, in no, it. I've never. Because remember, I can't eat beef. So a lot of places I don't go yeah. and try stuff. Because like Taco Bell, what do you get a bean burrito for me? Uh-huh. Um, but even then, I think they. Wait, use, I didn't like, know you can't eat. Oh, I did know that. That's what, how you yeah. got into this whole thing. <laughs> I'm like, duh. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm. You yeah, told I'm, me that a long time ago. I did. Yeah, I'm allergic to beef. Yeah, yeah, so that's my. And it's funny because you know that company Everlywell. Mm-hmm. You've heard of them? They're the ones that do all the testing for everything, right? Mm-hmm. They actually reached out to me on Instagram. We're like, hey, so we heard a lot of times that you're allergic to a lot of things, a lot of oils, fats, but you, you know, you live more of this organic lifestyle. Can we send you a test to take? We have a new test that tests like over 300 food items. Huh. And so I took it, and it was funny because. I was looking at the rarest ones and the rarest one was like beef and mine's like 100%. I was like, well, there you go. One of their tests come back and it says, you know, it's like the 0.1% of the population is allergic to beef. And it's like, well, I guess I forgot. That's how we got here. That's how we got. That's uh, how we got. From to play. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, last thing, because I was just I in Mexico use- for the, uh, the wife's 40th birthday. Yeah. And, I was taking video of these things. They look like a cross between a raccoon and a monkey. They've got this long straight tail, like a monkey, but basically you would look at it and be like, that looks like something to be in the raccoon family. It turns out that they are yeah. uh, in the same family as ringtails. And uh, it's called a Cotamundi. A Cotamundi. A Cotamundi? Cotamundi. Cotamundi. Okay. Um, and we actually have them in the United States, even yeah, as Texas and New Mexico. East as Texas. In Arizona, I've seen people shoot them in the desert yep. in Arizona. Yep. Um, but it just shows you how diverse their habitat is because they can live in the desert of Arizona. But really, I think like the the part where they're probably the most prolific is in the jungles of yeah. most of Mexico. And so we're seeing these things around the resort. They let you, they're pretty desensitized to humans, obviously, in a place like that. But I was just, you could see them day and night, just running around, take videos, take pictures. And I posted on Instagram and you're like, dude, those things are delicious. And I was like, well, this is the first time I've ever even seen one in person. I've never obviously eaten one. And so where did you eat one of these things and what was it like? Yeah. So we were hunting, uh, oscillated Turkey down in the Yucatan jungles of Mexico. Mm -hmm. So near Cancun, probably close to where you guys were. That's where I was. Um, and so they're primarily going to be in that location. That's why we see them coming up through the Mexico peninsula and you'll see them in parts of Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas. And we were hunting turkey, and we see these, and they're telling us, like, oh, if you want to shoot this, if you want to shoot this, you want to shoot, like, a crested curacao, if you want to shoot whatever. And so a Kawatamundi came out, and we were like, what is that? Sort of like you, like, is that a raccoon? Is that a monkey? Is that an mm. anteater? Because they got really long snouts. Right. And you look in their mouth, and their teeth are, like, ridiculous teeth. Like, it looks like you're looking in the mouth of, like, a wolverine. Yeah. And... And so our little Mayan guide was like, oh, very delicious, very delicious, very delicious, very delicious. It's like, all I need to hear, boom. And so we, we're, we're back at camp and we're chit-chatting with the outfitters. And he's like, dude, shoot one. I was like, I don't want to pay it 800 bucks to shoot one of these things. He goes, not just freaking shoot one. We'll eat it. I was like, so we go out and the guy that I'm filming, he ended up shooting one because it came out to the watering hole. Because, you know, you think of watering holes in Texas are huge. You go to a watering hole in the Yucatan jungle, it's literally the size of like a coffee cup. Uh-huh. that just naturally fills with water. And these every critter from everywhere comes to drink this, I mean, out of this water. And this thing comes in, he drops it, we bring it back, and the little Mayans go nuts, dude. They're like jumping, they're hooting and hollering, they're grabbing this thing. And so 
I told this guy, I'm like, Hey, it's not for a trophy. Right. It's like, no, no, you guys can do it. Do whatever you want with it. Cause you know, a lot of these guys want it to mount it all cool on a tree mm-hmm. or something like that. So this little Mayan dude, um, starts without even talking, starts to build this giant. I told him, I said, cook it, how you cook it, not how you want to cook it for us. Like yeah. how your culture cooks it, how your ethnicity cooks it. I want to see how a traditional Mayan would cook a Kuatamundi. And so he starts to build this big old giant fire. I'm like, all right, cool. He's going to grill it. Right. He takes that sucker. It's, they've got about two inch long hair, takes the whole thing, throws it on the fire, hmm. takes it off, starts scraping off the hair, throws it back on, scrapes off the hair, pulled until it looks like a hog. Right. And he's mm-hmm. using the tail as the means to get it on off the fire. Gets the whole thing down with all the hair. Then he guts it, takes out all the guts. Then he kind of like spatchcocks it, kind of cracks it open with the ribs a little bit. And thing is already looking gorgeous. Then he starts digging a hole, puts all the coals from the fire down there, wraps this thing in banana leaves, throws on the fire, and he goes, okay, five hours. Mm. Walks away. And so we go do other stuff. We go kind of, we go hunt again. We come back. And he's like, okay, we start to unbury this thing. And he pulls it out and it meant the fat looks like just it, the whole skin looks like a, like a cooked hog. Mm-hmm. And he starts to peel the skin off. He gives me a thing of it. The skin was really chewy and it was very, very salty. He didn't put one ounce of seasoning on this thing. Takes That's off the skin, starts to just shred the meat, like, like pulled pork. And he takes, he made homemade fresh tortillas so corn tortillas, and he, t- he made a homemade pico de gallo and he took a taco shell hot, put the shredded meat on there, put the pico de gallo on it and handed it to you. And you took a bite of it and it melted like butter. And it was one of those deals where there was other mm-hmm. guys at camp who were hunters, but not like adventurous eaters like myself and the guy I was with. They're going back for like seconds, thirds, fourths, fifths till this whole, and then so like, the legs and stuff and you go look and in the kitchen the Mayans are just sitting there eating like a, like a turkey leg at the fair <laughs> and they're like oh thank you thank you thank you thank you so the next day they're like oh shoot another one we're like well no we're looking at like um, but it's one of those deals that after we all sat around the table there's like 10 of us we all agreed that we would go and hunt these for the meat mm. specifically just it was that good and that tender and it really it makes me excited to think the fact that like how could I cook it like their cooking was phenomenal but like think about just a little bit of spice or a little bit of seasoning to this thing Mm-hmm. how much more elevated it could be. But again, I would cook it the way they cooked it day in and day, day out and live off of this freak. And the tail meat too was, it's like gator tail, just beautiful. Yeah. Some things get a, so some things like that you wouldn't think to eat. And then you go experience it in a foreign place with a foreign people and your eyes are open. Uh, I think a lot of people in Texas feel that way about javelina like uh, when i'm eating that it's, we call them stink pigs for a reason they're gross no one's eating yeah we did at my buddy's ranch um where henry shot his first buck this year we did a venison neck roast mm-hmm. and a javelina uh but slow cooked for like eight hours each of them and then we made tacos kind of same thing pico you know the, the deal there was no javelina left everyone knew what it was some of them were even grossed out by the idea then they started eating it. It was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. There were still plenty of venison neck roasts, but no javelina because everyone was like, God, the javelina is better than the than the deer. And it's all about it's about how you process it and getting it, and you know, make sure you don't touch that gland on the back, and make it, there's there's ways to go about it. But every person I've cooked javelina for in Texas has been like, dang it, now I got to keep them. Mm-hmm. And I remember even in Argentina, we were hunting dove in Argentina, and one of the guys had uh, brought you know javelina, and he slow cooked 
both of the rear legs in red wine, just red wine and like garlic, I think was in there mm-hmm. and in a big cast iron pot, just kept twisting till it fell apart. And then he just put it over just plain rice, dude. And then poured that, that wine reduction on top. It was insane. And mm. it's, it's funny how simple, stupid food can be and how us, we try to like overanalyze and over dissect it when it's just think about what our forefathers and ancestors were eating. They weren't making hamburger helper out of it. Mm-hmm. They weren't just throwing it on an open fire. They were slow cooking things that they knew. It was sort of like you with, with Bobcat. You're like, ah, it was, it was gross. And I'm like, well, yeah, I thought I told you, because you threw it on the freaking grill like an idiot, right? Mm. And it's, that's not what they were doing. They understood the process. And once you understand how the meat works, everything's edible and everything's delicious once you understand the process. It's not like you're going to take an Audad leg and sit there like, oh, it's delicious. Taking Audad and cooking it like Pakistani or Middle Eastern style food, which they eat all that old, their spices are meant to cover that old nasty goat and sheep taste. Mm-hmm. So taking an Audad, cooking it that way as a Pakistan or a Middle Eastern or Indian style food, it's insane. It's incredible because you're looking at the cultures that are utilizing that t- style of meat and understanding like, hey, it's not just making chili, but it's maybe we're making a really deep curry for our meal or a butter mm-hmm. style curry for this meal. Yeah, I, uh, I've eaten three cats. And I would have to rank Bobcat as the worst of Lynx. Lynx was pretty good. I had in Canada. We made Lynx lo mein. And then Mountain Lion. The best. Very good. That Bobcat. But to be fair, we did we did it on purpose. We were like, let's get let's taste what a Bobcat tastes like. Blah. Not good. When yeah. you just throw it on the grill with no seasoning, no nothing. We were just like, that was that was rough. Yeah, uh, it tastes well, it kind of has that cat urine taste to it which you could taste in the yeah. back straps without yeah. any, you know, any prep. Uh, so we didn't put any effort into it and we were not rewarded <laughs> for the lack of effort. Stupid um, it does. Well, Hey man, we're, uh, we're about out of time for today. Again, the website from field to plate.com new podcast. Y'all check that out as well. Uh, always great catching up my friend and yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. I hope that you have a great fall. Yeah, same to you. And hopefully uh, we'll get you out and we'll be able to actually hunt together one of these days because I'm there a ton. We're, we're going to try to do turkey hunt this year and just didn't pan out, but it yeah. happen. Well, sounds like a plan. Talk to you later, buddy. So there you have it. Jeremiah Dowdy from Field to Plate. I totally forgot about <laughs> the whole reason why he started from Field to Plate, that uh, beef allergy. which uh, But we've been friends a long time, and I'm sure that was something that he mentioned to me in our very first conversation uh, and that's been a minute. So, uh, always great catching up with Jeremiah. That segment was brought to you by Mossberg Firearms and the MC2 SC. You know, over a hundred years ago, Mossberg's first gun they ever made was a pistol. That's right. Uh, and then uh, they got away from that. But here we are, over a century later, with the MC2 SC nine millimeter. Uh, this one is compatible with any Glock magazine. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, they now have the double stack. So the one I'm holding in my hand right now, it's my concealed carry. 14-round uh, capacity and available in 9mm. It's the MC2SC from Mossberg. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today. Got to go. Got to get out of here. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying... 
Y'all have a great week in the outdoors. When did the land of the free become the home of the afraid? Afraid of the world, afraid of the truth, afraid of each other. This ain't the country my grandfather fought for.